Welcome to the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast, the podcast that will help you find solutions for your weight concerns that will last a lifetime, together for you. Welcome to episode 15 of the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Siobhan Key. I'm a family physician with obesity medicine certification and a weight loss coach for physicians. On today's episode, I'm going to teach you how to uncover some passive thinking that might be getting in your way without you knowing it, and how to convert those passive thoughts into something that's more confident that helps support you with your goals. So this week, our house has been hammered by illness. Uh, my youngest got croup, and then the one of the older, one of my twins has uh, the same virus, but just giving her a sore throat. So there's a lot of sore throats in our house right now, and fevers. And so the other day, I told them we could go to Dairy Queen to give them something cold on their throats, uh, which is a rare treat. And interestingly, on the way there, I was kind of watching my own thinking about it. I wasn't hungry. I didn't need Dairy Queen. But I caught myself thinking some old thoughts. And they were along the lines of, am I going to be able to not eat when I go there? Will I be able to resist Dairy Queen? Am I just going to give in? And what I realized is those sorts of thoughts are quite passive. um, And those sorts of thoughts used to mess me up a lot. When I was trying to figure out how to lose weight, I would start a day thinking, okay, I'm going to eat healthy. I'm going to stick to my plan. And then through the day, those thoughts would creep in. The I'm having a craving for fast food. Am I going to be able to resist it? Oh, I'm in the hospital and there's, I know there's going to be chips at the nurse's station. Will I be able to resist them? Am I just going to have some? Maybe I've earned it. Maybe it would be okay if I had it this time. And almost uniformly, when I was thinking that way, I would end up eating the food. I would feel like I was powerless, that it was going to happen and I would just give in and eat. And so I think it's really important to pay attention if those thoughts are in your mind. If you're having thoughts that start with, will I? Or thoughts about, am I going to? Or I'll try? Or another one would be, maybe I will. Any sort of questioning thoughts around what you're trying to do for yourself are passive thoughts that are opening the door for the more primitive part of your brain to come in and sabotage you, basically. It's saying, yeah, I want to follow this plan, but maybe I don't. Maybe I'll, maybe there's room to deviate or if it's outside my control, then I just don't have a choice. And if this happens really rarely, well, it's probably not a big deal. But if you're struggling with overeating or eating off your plan on a regular basis, there's a good chance that these sorts of passive thoughts are in there somewhere and that they're causing some self-sabotage. And they're worth looking at and changing because as I'll show you, they're actually pretty easy to change. It's not a giant leap to change that passive thought to something that gives you more confidence and it becomes a more confident thought that helps you stick to your plan. Now, the interesting other piece of the story is while I was planning out this podcast episode and thinking about it early this morning after I'd been woken up with one of my kids with a fever, 
I was laying in bed and I was feeling nauseated. I think I'm getting their virus a little bit. And so I was sitting there thinking, am I going to throw up? Am I going to have to get up? And I realized it's the same passive thoughts that I was having about food. And what that made me realize is essentially when I was having those passive thoughts about food and my food choices, it was treating what I ate essentially as an uncontrollable bodily function. Like when I was laying there in bed this morning wondering if I might get sick or if the nausea was going to get worse, if that happened, I had no control over it. But the reality is, is I always had control over what I ate, such as I always had control over whether or not I went through a drive through or whether or not I reached into the bowl of salt and vinegar chips at the nurse's station, which you can totally tell are two of my biggest weaknesses that I've had to work on. But treating those as the same thing as a bodily function that I have no control over disempowered me. And it created a situation where I was then stuck in behaviors for quite some time and had a lot of angst and worry and strife trying to get myself out of those behaviors while still disempowering myself. So the biggest thing, if you can take a takeaway point away from this episode, is that you are in control of what you eat. It sometimes doesn't feel that way. And if it doesn't feel that way, then likely there's some thoughts like this that we're talking about underneath that are giving you issues. And I think a great way to think about this, if you say, no, I'm not in control, I can't control myself around food. Well, how about this for an example? If you were on a a bowel prep because you're having a colonoscopy and the same situation happened or a situation happened where you would normally end up eating off your plan, but you knew you had a colonoscopy the next day and you didn't want to be that person that the surgeon commented on poor prep on, would you eat or would you say, no, I can't. I have a bowel prep. It's just not going to work for me to eat that today. I would say most likely you would probably be able to delay it because that you knew that it just wasn't appropriate for you to eat that today. And so the difference between the two situations of you eating whatever it was off your plan versus doing a bowel prep and deciding you just can't that day is again, really just about thoughts. It's really the surgeon probably wouldn't know if you ate it. But it's your thought about what that would mean if you ate something while you're doing a bowel prep. And so you can work on building thoughts that help support you, even if you're not doing a bowel prep, which is good news because there's no bowel prep involved in this. Fantastic. I already just made it less uncomfortable for you. It's great. Okay, so to start changing these thoughts, the first step is build awareness. Start paying attention when you're in those situations where you're starting to feel a bit out of control, and you're not sure if you're going to be able to stick to your plan. That not sure should be a bit of a warning sign that there's one of these passive thoughts under there. And just start paying attention to when they're there and what they're saying to you. And Uh, building awareness is always the first step. A lot of these things happen so quickly and so automatically that they fly under our radar and we don't notice that they're there. The next step would be to go back to that thought model that we talked about in episode seven and think about how these thoughts impact you. So to do a brief review, the thought model, which is created by Brooke Castillo, 
uh, starts with a C, which is circumstance. Circumstances are barebone facts. They're neutral. They're the things that could be argued in a court of law. So for if I'm using my ice cream example, uh, my circumstance would be I took my kids to Dairy Queen. Then circumstances trigger thoughts. So in that initial example, the circumstance of being going to Dairy Queen triggered thoughts in me about, am I going to be able to not eat Dairy Queen? Those thoughts then are what cause your feelings. So feelings are always caused by a thought before them, even if you don't notice the thought. Like I said, some thoughts fly under the radar. But so that thought of, am I going to, I don't know, gave me a feeling of feeling uncertain and slightly afraid, and I'd say slightly defeated when they initially were there. Then those feelings then cause your actions. So if I remained in that spot where I was feeling a bit defeated, a bit afraid, a bit uncertain, likely my action would be like it was for years and years of my life to just eat the ice cream and figure I'll start again tomorrow. Your action are then what give you results in your life. So if I keep doing that, like I did for many years of my life, eating the ice cream, eating the fast food, because I just felt I had no other options, then the result that I got from that was extra weight that I couldn't lose, feeling like I was working on losing my weight, but not actually seeing the weight come off, seeing weight regain, those would all be the results related to that. So then we take that initial model and then decide what would we actually want to have happen. So what I would want would be my action to be that I take the kids to Dairy Queen as a special treat that I don't order anything and I walk out of Dairy Queen feeling calm and totally fine that I didn't order anything. And that would give me my result of sticking to my plan, feeling in control and confident about my ability to follow my plan and maintain my weight loss. And so in order to have that action, I then have to move further up that model back up to the thoughts and the feelings section. So the circumstance would be the same. I was still taking my kids to Dairy Queen. The thought needed to change to give me a different feeling so I could be in a space where I could walk out of there without having ordered anything for myself and feel totally fine about it. So some alternative thoughts or what I changed my thought to was just something like, I don't even want this, or I don't actually like how I feel after I eat Dairy Queen. And that was enough for me in that situation where I was able to just let the kids get their small thing and I didn't order anything for myself and I have no regrets about that. If anything, I think I had a positive result in that I felt better when I left than I did going in. And so you can see how it wasn't a really big shift between my thoughts. It went from, am I going to, to, I don't like how that makes me feel. Both very true thoughts or potentially true thoughts, both about the same difficulty to think or create. Uh, neither were particularly hard to believe. And yet had a very different feeling in my body about how I felt when I started thinking the thought and a different outcome in my day which then is like ripple effects, right? So especially if you're struggling with your weight and you find it really hard in this type of situation I'm describing and you have a history of repeatedly ending up giving in and just eating the food, those first times that you actually walk away without eating it and feeling in control. So the big thing with this is I didn't 
not order Dairy Queen because I was white knuckled, just resisting and fighting my craving for Dairy Queen. I just changed my thought and there was no craving to fight. And so the first times that you actually use this successfully and you learn that you can do that, you build self-efficacy, meaning that you build that belief in yourself that you can walk past a bowl of candy and not eat it because you just don't want it. And that is a big skill when you want to lose weight and keep it off of for the long term. If you're saying no to these cravings because you just are using all your willpower to say no, willpower is a finite resource. Eventually it'll run out and then you run into troubles. But if you can change your thoughts and not actually need the willpower, it's a totally different ballgame and it feels totally different. So sometimes when you're first doing this work, it's hard to come up with alternative thoughts. And I thought I'd just give you some basic ones that you could use instead of some of these passive thoughts that you might be having. The big thing when you're working on changing your thoughts is you always want it to be believable and you want it to feel within reach. So if I changed my thought from, am I going to eat ice cream to... I'm never eating ice cream again in my life. You know, that's not necessarily believable. And it wouldn't, I think, have had the same impact in my behavior that day. It wouldn't have garnered the same sort of quiet confidence that I needed in that situation. So you want it to be believable. You want it to be in reach. It doesn't have to be drastic changes. Sometimes just slightly changing the flavor of the thought is enough to change the emotion it generates and change the actions that come out of it. So in this setting, if you're finding passive thoughts like the, will I, am I going to, maybe I will, I'll try type thoughts, changing them to uh, things like, I don't want this now. I could choose to have this on a different day. Uh, I feel better staying focused on my plan. I will stick to my plan. Achieving my goals is more important to me than choosing food in the short term. There's many different things you could change it to and really doing the work with pen and paper to actually work out for you what the right thoughts are that generate that better feeling inside you is really important work. I think the other important piece of this is to remember this is a skill. When you're learning it, it may not be effective 100% of the time. Sometimes I know when I was first trying to figure this stuff out, there were days where I just felt too tired to actually do it. Or there were days where that craving and stuff felt too strong. I didn't feel like I could change my thought. And that's okay. So don't, if that happens to you, don't beat yourself up. Just keep working on it. Keep practicing it. Each time you practice it, each time you build that awareness, each time you think about how alternative thoughts would make you feel, you're building an important skill. It's just like when we talk to people who are trying to quit smoking or other difficult habits and we tell them, you know what, each time you try to quit, you have a higher chance of having success. The more you try, the more you figure out your triggers, the more you figure out alternatives, the higher chance you have. It's the same with weight and overeating. The more you use tools, the more you practice them, your brain will start coming in line for you. So what's the end of the story? I kind of mentioned it briefly, but I did uh, take the kids to Dairy Queen. Uh, I did not order myself anything. 
and I walked out feeling totally fine. I actually had a tiny little spoonful out of one of the kids' blizzards and thought, Bleh, I don't actually like that. Um, and and like I said earlier, you know, that outcome actually felt far better than allowing myself the treat of having a sugary dessert because physically I stayed feeling good, but mentally I felt, you know, in control, empowered. I felt like I'd kind of caught myself, my brain doing some tricky old habits and I didn't fall prey to them this time. So I felt like I'm getting a, smarter and more aware uh, that it's harder to get past. And it set me up for future success where the next time that happens to me, I have this experience to reflect back on. And that is really important with the way our brains work. Build the positive experiences where you feel in control and you feel successful. You can do it even if those first ones feel kind of hard to get started. I just wanted to add in a quick note about the whole Dairy Queen thing because I was thinking about it and I could see people going, wait, I thought she talks about low carb and limiting processed foods. Why is she taking her kids to Dairy Queen? And I think it's just important to know that our family isn't strict keto. Uh, We do really limit processed foods and generally don't have things like ice cream in the house. But occasionally we do go out for something like Dairy Queen. It's uncommon, like maybe a few times in a year. Uh, But I just wanted to make a special note about that in case you're kind of wondering if my real life activities don't really mesh up with what we talk about on this. I try to walk a balance with my kids to not be overly restrictive with them, but also to really keep an eye on how much sugar they get. And I'm hoping that it'll work. And down the road, I'm going to do an episode about uh, eating with kids and how to live a lower carb lifestyle when there's kids in the house. So try this stuff out. Drop me a line at info at weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca and let me know how it's going for you. Let me know if you've tried this stuff and how it's worked or if you have any questions about it. This podcast now, I encourage you to go back and start listening from the beginning. We're 15 episodes in and I think we've covered quite a bit of content uh, that's kind of the building blocks of the stuff we're talking about now. There's been some really great interviews with some really interesting people that are worth listening to. Uh, And remember, if you're enjoying it, subscribe so you get all the new episodes. And I would really appreciate any iTunes reviews or ratings uh, to just keep the podcast being easily found for other people who might benefit. Along that lines, too, if you're enjoying it, please share. Let people around you that you think might be interested know about it so they can listen, too. All right, next week is exciting. Uh, It's going to be an interview with the creators of the Canadian Clinicians for Therapeutic Nutrition group, Barbara Allen Bradshaw and Carol Loffelman, both who are Canadian physicians who have been huge advocates about improving our health dietary guidelines to be more evidence-based and in line with what keeps a variety of people healthy. So make sure you swing back next week to check out that interview. I think it's going to be really good and I'm looking forward to sitting down and talking with them. Have a fantastic week and thank you for listening. We'll talk to you later. And now for a quick disclaimer. This podcast contains general education information on weight loss for physicians. I'm not providing medical advice and listening to this podcast does not create a physician-patient relationship. This podcast does not replace the need for consultation with a licensed professional and no information should be relied upon unless you have obtained specific advice or treatment from myself or another physician. 
Please review the terms and conditions located at www.weightsolutions4physicians.ca before continuing.